Welcome to episode 52 and the final episode of season one with Mo Ali. He is one of the best football technical trainers in the world, and today he shares his story and the lessons he learned along the way. Welcome to 8 Billion Gifts. This is your host, Sohil, a footballer, creative, and student. On this show, we talk to all kinds of people to discover their stories, their mindset, and their unique gift. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm excited to be here with Mo Ali. This is actually the final episode of season one. Mo is one of the best technical trainers in the world, traveling, training with professional players, and some of the top professional clubs. He's always busy, so it's taken a while to finally have him on, but I'm super happy we're able to do this. It's going to be a short and sweet episode to wrap up season one. So, Mo, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast and hope the fans enjoy. It's a pleasure to have you on, Mo. So, let's get right into it. Give us the introduction, Mo. Where are you from? What do you do? Just give us the intro so everybody can get to know more about you. So, my journey started in Iran. That's where I was born and grew up playing soccer there until the age of six. And my grandpa was a former player also. And we were always at stadiums when we were young, just kicking the ball around after games and just had the passion. You know, everyone in that country, they love soccer or football. So, and then when I was six, uh, my parents, they moved to Canada. Uh, in a small town, Guelph, uh, close to Toronto, like 40 minutes. And around the age of 11, 12, I joined the city team. It was the Guelph Royals, a uh, small town. But we had a good coach, Randy Reagan, who played for Canada in the World Cup, the only time they went to the World Cup. And from there, started like uh, playing in the city team. And around 16, there was the Canadian Soccer League at the time. Uh, so I joined SC Waterloo at that time, which was good. We had players coming from Europe, Serbia, Croatia, top leagues. And I think that's sort of when my game improved a lot, just playing with players from outside of Canada, coming from Europe and seeing their mentality and how everything is more professional. And from there, we, had, we won the Canadian Soccer League two times with the club and The coach sent me to Slovakia, had a good preseason there, scored my first goal. Uh, it was called FC Vion, the team, in the Fortuna Liga. And I was there for a few months and got an injury, came back home and came back to Boston this time and was recovering to go back. But that's when we started like shooting the videos and content and it started growing more and more. And I enjoyed it, you know, off the pitch, being with players, traveling. Uh, so I stopped playing soccer for a bit, but wanted to go back. But then it grew bigger and bigger. So we just stuck with it full time. And now it's been five, six years, I think I didn't play. <laughs> it's really interesting because I've been following along for a while and I saw how the content evolved. I'm wondering, though, how was it mentally for you making that transition? Because I know like being young, obviously you had the dream of probably playing professional for the longer term. And then you had that injury, you came back, you got into content creation and started building that. So how was that transition mentally for you? Yeah, it's tough. You know, I think anyone who wants to be a pro player or practices their whole life to do something, they want to do that, you know. So thinking about not playing is super tough. 
but I think the experiences and things that happened for us, like being at the top clubs and stuff, I think we would never have that experience playing in those leagues, you know, like it's nice to play professional, but I think like if you're only playing in the top four leagues, it's super amazing. You know, the other leagues are amazing too, but for me, when I want to do something, I want to do it at a high level. So I don't want to be playing in a lower leagues a bit, like just brings me more joy, you know, to do something bigger, work with bigger players and also travel when you're playing, you don't have as much freedom as when you're running your own business or uh, things like that. So I think having the freedom to travel, do what you want and your success relies on yourself, you know, in soccer, there's a lot of factors. You got to play good. You have to be fit. The coach has to like you. You have, you need a good agent. Uh, so it's tough too, you know? So this was a different change for me. I can relate to that with like the whole content creation side of things because I started producing videos a couple of years ago and it's amazing when you first pick up the camera and you start producing videos, it's almost like you find a new joy, a new passion for something that you didn't know existed. And then the more you do it, you realize it's something that like really fulfills you. And then combining that with being at the top, you mentioned like you always want to be the best at what you do with everything like the training you're doing the content you're producing you're at the top so picking up the camera and that having brought you a lot of passion to help make that transition and then grow it into something that you can have complete control over yeah for sure i think being creative too you know like designing your own drills and doing the fun stuff yeah people like to see the fun training like obviously my training is i think like 10 20 of the real training it's all technical you know but I don't think people like fully want to see like the uh, grind stuff you know the possession the hours of running you do just to play at the high level so and I think players enjoy it too that's why they want to work with us because it's something new for them and it's also fun when they're under stress all the time yeah well that's something else that's really cool with the content you create is you have that fun and entertaining aspect to it too because when you're in that professional environment it's like double days every single day you're going at it there's a lot of pressure a lot of stress uh, so to have like the fun technical sessions where you're still working on skill it's still challenging but you have that fun aspect to it it's a good way for the professionals to deload have a little bit of fun with the game again and then when they're back into that serious environment now they're able to perform better yeah for sure and so many times we worked with players and they went on to score the next game, you know? Wow. And I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying like, uh, it has an effect, you know, a lot of players struggle with the technical stuff, even when we do the training with them, because they're not always doing that and they don't have one-on-one -on -one time every training. So I think doing that extra stuff definitely helps too. Yeah. It gets them sharp for the game. One thing I'm curious about, Mo, is I know coming from a similar background where it's really important to have a stable career path. Yeah. Going into football and then going into content creation, you're entering a field where there's a lot of different variables and you don't have that stability at, at the beginning, right? Nothing is really promised. It's not like, oh, you go to university, then you have something else lined up. Yeah. How was that for you? I'm not sure if you've been asked this before, but how was that for you, like with your parents' reaction to you first wanting to pursue football and then 
going down the content creation route. Yeah, for sure. I know like Iranians or Persians, their parents are like probably mostly educated or go to school. Like my own uh, father, he's working at Harvard, like genetics. Mom is in pharmacy. So obviously they liked school stuff, but they were supportive. You know, they said, if you like football, just go after that. And they know the opportunity you have when you come out of the country. And they just said, follow your passion, you know. But I think in the beginning, they didn't know, like, what I was doing, really. (laughs) Until I, like, showed them. And they didn't understand, like, videos. Like, oh, you can make money from YouTube and stuff. Uh, They didn't know because it never existed, you know. So you can't blame them either. But I think once you create it and build it and they see then it's fine you know but I was gonna do what I want to do anyway so (laughs) (laughs) how is it at the beginning for you when you put football to the side and you started building the content creation did you always have full confidence that it's gonna get to where it is right now or at the beginning where was there a little bit of self-doubt yeah I think both ways uh I was confident like I could build something that would get exposure and people would want to watch because at the time there was no one working like with pro clubs traveling to pro teams and training with players you know and i think we broke the ice with a lot of clubs in that sense so now people can shoot content with clubs players because before the clubs were so closed and they were wondering like why they needed content why would a player need to do this training they have their own coaches So we had to fight a lot to make it happen. And I think, yeah. Well, you guys tapped into a really interesting niche. And I think the way the world is evolving, if you find something where there's a need for it, like the players do need that type of training every once in a while, and then people enjoy watching the content too, then you have the perfect combination to grow something big. Yeah, for sure. And it's good for their brand also, you know? Each player is a brand now, they're their own business. So doing something else that's going to expose them and show their other side, it's also good for them to promote them. Was there a moment where you worked with a certain player or a certain club and you had the realization like, this is going to be something big? Like what I start to build up is going to turn into something big. Was there a moment that comes to mind? A moment? There's been a few like bigger players we film with, like Hakimi, Calvert Lewin, Dembaba, uh, Nani recently. Uh, there wasn't one player that we did, and it just changed everything. It was just slow and steady, you know. Uh, I think over time it built up, but I think yeah, when we do the bigger players, like I think it gets more views and more people pick it up. Uh, like for instance the nanny videos like so many people have memories of nanny at man united so when we did the training with them a lot of pages reshared that video and the older generation and part of getting those big name players is having a great network and making those connections i know that has been big for you making the connections i'd love for you to touch on the importance of that a little bit more specifically focused on the aspect of being proactive with the process and reaching out sending hundreds of dms emails making those phone calls connecting with different people rather than just sitting back 
and waiting for an opportunity to come your way. Because I think the majority of people, what they do is they wait for an opportunity to show up. And it's easy to take advantage of an opportunity when it's right in front of you. But if you want to go and achieve something great, you have to be able to create opportunities when there's nothing in front of you. And that comes down to being a proactive and going out and making those connections. So how important has that been for you? And then give us a little bit of insight on on some tools or some tips that we can all use to grow our network. Yeah. So networking's huge, you know. It's just all who you know in football. And I think football's a small world once you get into it. Everyone knows everyone. Players are connected to agents. Agents know all the coaches. Uh, so it's a small circle. But in the beginning, yeah, that's what we did. You know, message players at the time. Uh, hey, do you want to do this? Message 100 players, maybe two say yes. And you just go from there, you know, start building your network. And each player knows 20 other players. Those 20 know more players. So you just get connected, you know, and now it's got to the point like players reach out to us and we don't have to do as much of that. So and now like clubs and sponsors set up shoots for us. So it's much easier than back in the day when you're grinding, hitting up people. Uh, But that's also part of the journey. You know, it's fun. And like in the early days, you get excited. First player. Oh, this guy's ready to train. Let's go. And yeah, it's part of the journey, you know, you have to enjoy it all. Building up Mo Ali, there's a team around you, right? There's a team that has helped you done that. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how having a team has helped you build the vision and then also what to look out for when building that team? Because everyone listening right now, they have a vision, a dream that they want to achieve. To really get there, they need to build a strong team around them. And it's important to have the right people on that team. So how was that for you? Yeah, team's super important, you know? Like the only thing you can't get back is your time. So if you have a team who can take care of tasks for you and you spend less time on tasks you don't need to, I think that's going to play a huge role in your business growth. So like things that I could give to someone like editing, filming, uh things like that so then i can focus on my own content creation like planning the sessions uh connecting with players and i think you have to trust someone you know it's tough but in the beginning you want to do everything yourself but eventually once it gets bigger and bigger and there's too much to do i think you have to rely on a few people to help you and it's okay if they're bad after a few months like you can part ways happily, but if they're good, you keep them, you know? And for me, it's been good. We've been with the same filmer for like the, the whole journey and it's been a good team, you know? That's good to hear. Yeah, it's really important to have those people on your team who have their unique strengths and then you just put the trust in them and that's going to help you focus on more important pieces in the vision. Yeah, for sure. Share with us a difficult time like a really difficult time along the journey where you doubted yourself, you didn't know if you wanted to continue, but you found something within yourself to keep pushing through. Maybe like a story comes to mind or a specific time frame in the journey where it was really difficult for you. Yeah, I think maybe in the beginning, like when we were first starting off, just investing my own time and money. Uh, We were risking it, like flying to different countries uh, without any sponsors. 
So I would just pay. We go to, we were going in Asia, like Bali, Thailand, those leagues. And there was no money being made and we were just spending money, to, you know, and it was a risk because like we were almost going broke and there was nothing. We were like struggling and at the right time, like when you're at the worst moment, then stuff happens. I think all the time, like brands come in, like people started hitting us up when they saw what we were doing and we were lucky, like at the right time, good stuff happened. And like brands were calling us like Adidas, Puma, uh, do you want to do this? So it happened at the right time. And who knows if that didn't happen, maybe it would have crashed totally. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing. A lot of people, they grind for a little bit, but they never make it to that moment that you talked about where you feel like you're at your lowest, but you're a day away, a week away, a month away from that breaking point where Puma is reaching out to you, Adidas is reaching out to you or whoever it is, is, is offering you something to make a big change in your life. So I guess it really just comes down to putting in the hard work and, and trusting the process until the end, keeping up with the connections, the networking, because that will eventually lead to that one big opportunity that you need. And all you really need is one because then it's going to build up into bigger things. And right now I think like young kids should all make, all take risks, you know, uh, don't play it safe. In today's world, like you can do anything with the internet, like your parents' generation had nothing basically, you know, they had to do certain things a certain way, but now it's just limitless, like things that are popping up and you can basically do whatever you want, reach out to whoever you want. And even if you fail, like it's not even bad compared to the old days, you know, if you fail, you're still in a good country, you can find something to do. Uh, so you're not in a bad scenario. So much opportunity. Give us some quick insight on some of your personal routines that help you operate at your best self. So I know you're traveling a lot. There's a lot of readjustment that needs to take place. Maybe some habits, some routines that you have every single day that help you be the best possible Mo that you can be. Yeah, personal routine every day. Like I try and work out for an hour at least just to stay fit now. That's just been recently, like a year now doing that, I think. Because in the beginning, we were enjoying it too much and we were traveling, eating bad food, uh, like not good habits because you're just enjoying it, like learning the new lifestyle. But I think now that we've settled down, uh, we're more like taking care of the body and recovering, eating healthy, uh, things like that, you know, and also like posting on time and creating a schedule. I think that helps. So your fans know like what time you post and just keeping stuff organized in different folders. Uh, I think organization is important just so you know where everything is and your mind is more free, you know? Yeah, it's important to set those personal routines in place. For example, you mentioned working out for an hour, having a schedule being organized because if those things aren't in place, then you're not going to be able to perform at your best. So everybody's Things are going to be different, but just making sure you have something as part of your personal routine to set you up and, and realign yourself with the vision. I think every single day, because then if you realign with the vision, then you know what actions you actually need to carry out on throughout the day to make, you know, that process grow. Yeah, for sure. Mo, what's the impact you want to make on the world? The impact, I think 
just for kids to dream big, you know, like whatever your passion is. Mine was football, but whatever their passion is, go after that and create something new, you know, uh, just think outside the box and create new things uh, that are inspiring for other people. I love that. Fun chat. Let's finish off with quick fire questions. So these are just uh, one word answers or one sentence answers, Mo. The first one is favorite club you've worked with? Uh, Istanbul Basakshir. Favorite player you've trained? Gokhan Inler. If you could train any player in the world, who would it be? Uh, Ronaldo. Most interesting place you've traveled? That's a tough one. Uh, there's too many. But... <laughs> uh, I'll say Bali. One thing you love about your job and one thing you dislike? Uh, freedom to travel and dislike uh, too much traveling. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you the most joy? Just being on the pitch. How do you spend your days off? Going somewhere to the mall, cinema, some activity, escape rooms. What's one new language you want to learn if you had the chance? Spanish. What's one of your bigger bucket list items that you want to achieve? Skydiving. And finally, what's one thing most people don't know about you, Mo? Uh, let me think. That's a tough one, man. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting fact. It can be anything. I don't know. Maybe I'll come back in four years to play. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that. Mo, let us know where we can connect with you and find out more about your journey. Thanks, man. Uh, just Instagram and all the other social media, Moali FC. So same everywhere. Amazing. We'll put those links in the description. Everyone make sure to check out Mo. He's got some amazing content. And Mo, just give us a final message from you. This can be on anything. Just a final message to leave everyone off with as they're wrapping up the podcast. Just big thanks to all the listeners for listening to this episode. Hope you learned something or get inspired. And anyone can reach out to me. And thanks for having me on the show. And hopefully we'll link up soon and kick it sometime. It'll happen soon, Mo. Really enjoyed this. Thanks so much for coming on. For sure. Thanks, bro. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is officially the last episode of season one of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. We've had 52 guests with a new episode every Monday. It's been a year now and what an incredible journey it has been. Thank you for your support on growing the mission of 8 billion gifts. We believe that every person on our planet has a special gift they get to offer to make the world a better place. That includes you, you have a special gift, there's an amazing impact you are here to make and when you show up as your best self, you get to inspire someone else, a friend, a family member to show up as their best self and share their unique gift. So season one of the podcast is officially done. We'll be taking a few weeks off and the team here behind 8 Billion Gifts will be working on some great ideas for season two, which we are planning to start back up again in the fall with weekly episodes. So keep working hard on your goals and dreams because that's gonna get you to be able to share the unique impact you are here to make. Remember to enjoy the process along the way. We're grateful to have you here and grow the vision with us. And we'll see you back again in the fall. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. Check out the links in the description if you are looking to get connected with this week's guest. This is a great platform to expand your network, connect with people who come on, and to learn something new at the same time. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring a new story and mindset. In the meantime, keep learning, keep growing, and have an amazing day.